Hello today and welcome to the Revelation study. We are excited about the Word of God and the book of Revelation, which is chronologically the last book in the Bible with a total of 22 chapters. We have not gotten very far, but we are making progress and we ask that you join us and stay with us uh, in this exciting adventure as we teach and as we tell and as we testify with John through the power of the Holy Spirit about those things which happened in the past to the Church of Christ, those things that are happening now and those things that will happen in the future. As we get ready to open the book and find the places and go back in history, we would ask that you join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, bless us indeed. And we thank you for this great time and this great occasion for such a time as this that we have to go into your word to discover those things that the Apostle John more than 2,000 years ago wrote about to rescue, to revive, and to restore the churches of Christ back then as we certainly need now. Would you guide our hearts, direct our minds, give us the spiritual bread and the spiritual drink that we need so we can be better Christians today than we were yesterday. And if it is your holy will, even be better Christians tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. If you have your copy of God's word, we are in the book of Revelation. We are covering the span of chapter two, verses one down through verse 11. The focus is on one of the first churches of Christ from Revelation chapter one and verse number four, where the Bible says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. The first Church of Christ congregation is Ephesus. We talked about Ephesus in our last study. We want to give a little bit more background about this congregation. It's interesting that in verse 3, 4, and 5, though John, what he does, he commends this church. He tells them that they have a good amount of patience. And John, by Jesus, however, just as he commends them, he gives the criticism. In verse number 4 of Revelation chapter 2, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. Now we know who that is. That is God. That is Christ. That is the Holy Spirit. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 22 verses 39 down to verse number 41 that the Lord God, we should love him first with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, and with all of our souls. So God through Jesus Christ is always our first love. Another one is Matthew chapter six in verse number 33. Jesus said himself, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Unfortunately, this is a sad commentary. The church of Christ in the book of Revelation, Ephesus, the Ephesian church of Christ left their first love. I was reading some history from the book of Acts chapter 19 in conjunction with Revelation chapter two, verses one through 11, how this church actually departed. And in Acts 19 and beginning at verse 
24, the Bible says, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. Here is a gentleman at that time who actually set up a worship space for this Greek goddess named Diana. We're going to talk about this in a little bit of detail. And he was actually collecting money from the people who were populated in the city of Ephesus, connected with the Revelation 2 and verse 4 and 5, where Jesus says that they have left their first love. This is the disconnect, ladies and gentlemen. This is how they left. Instead of serving Jesus Christ, they were serving Diana. Now, it wasn't just the people in the community of Ephesus. It wasn't just the residents. It wasn't just the general population. It actually included the general population. It included the residents, but it also included the Church of Christ members. That's why we have this letter. That's why the condemnation is there. That's why the criticism is there. John says, you have left Jesus Christ. You left him for a statue, an image. You left him for a worship space, another opportunity to worship and serve something that's detestable, despised, that's degradation. God has always said, you shall have no other gods before me. As far back as Exodus chapter 20, verses one to four, I am the only God that you worship. And here, one of the strongest, one of the most steady, one of the most straightest churches of Christ in the Bible, which has six chapters dedicated to the proposition of the apostle Paul writing to them, particularly about their giftedness, about their grace and about their godliness. Now this church, some 50, 60 years later, has departed from their first love. Now, the Bible says, not only in Acts 19.24, whereby this gentleman named Demetrius, who sets up these shrines, these spaces for this Greek goddess to be worshipped, in verse 27, it says, so that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, that is to be brought to nothing, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Told you, not only in that whole area, in that whole area, ladies and gentlemen, of Asia, where all these congregations were, all seven of them, that whole province at that time, Asia Minor, were worshiping this Greek goddess. May I say a few things about it? History, according to um, Wilmington, who has a guide to the Bible, according to F.W. Mantox, according uh, to some other the writers of the history of the book of Revelation, they say and describe this Greek goddess Diana as a Greek fertility god. What that means is that she had a statue of her she was multi-breasted. She had a club in one hand, a spear in the other hand. And what would have to happen when the Ephesian so-called Christians who had departed, 
who has strayed away from their first love, they would have to go into one of these shrines. They would have to go into one of these temple spaces. They would have to bow down and they would have to say these words, Dominus et Deus Nestor. They would have to say Caesar is God through Diana. Diana was supposedly not only the Greek fertility God coming down from this gentleman named Jupiter, who supposedly is the God, little G-O-D, of the lightning and the thunder. Now, that is a shame, and that is certainly incorrect, because in the book of Job, chapter 28 and verse 26, the Bible says, God made the decree for the rain, for the lightning and the thunder. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe nobody is responsible. Nobody created, nobody designed, nobody can make the rain, the, the lightning and the thunder have its place and go here and there over this planet and over the universe except the Almighty God. It is interesting, not only in Acts 19, 24, and 27, but also in 28. And when they heard these things, they were full of wrath. That is, the Ephesians, because the Apostle Paul at this time in the book of Acts, before Revelation, he got on them. He told them they were wrong and they were upset and they still cried out saying, great is Diana of the Ephesians. In verse number 34, but when they knew that he was a Jew, that is Paul, with one voice about the space of two hours, two hours, ladies and gentlemen, they cried out again, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Now, this is really a shame. It is sad. It is a sad commentary because here we have a situation where these Ephesians know better. They received God's grace. They received his love. They received his care. They received his mercy. They received salvation. They talked about this among themselves. But now, again, years later, they leave the Lord. Well, John says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 5, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and repent. Notice, remember, repent, repeat, go back. Remember how you have fallen. Diana, Jupiter, they're not your God. Jesus Christ is Lord. As a matter of fact, in Revelation chapter 1, as we have read it, and we will read it again just for the emphasis, in verse number 8. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which was and which is and which is to come the Almighty. That would be the El Shaddai. He is the strong breasted one. He is the Almighty God. And the Bible says also in Revelation chapter one, verse five, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten from the dead, the first one to get up from the dead and nobody else but him, the prince of the kings of the earth. It is from him, ladies and gentlemen, that John is declaring that Paul contested, that Paul preached against this falsity, this, this heretic, this ungodly nonsense that took place in Ephesus. Well, it developed to the point that in Revelation, John says, this is where we are. And you Ephesian Christians <clears throat> in the church of Christ must return. You must go back to Jesus Christ. You must go back to God. He says, or else 
what's going to happen. Jesus says in verse number five, I will come quickly and I will move the candlestick out of its place. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this simply means that Jesus will take the life, the spiritual life out of the church. He would take the spiritual, the candlestick, he would take the spiritual flow out of that congregation. When that happens, the church then is dead. We hope and pray that what will happen with this congregation, we will see in a few moments in our next study, that this congregation does make a turnaround. It does have a situation where they say, look, we're going to get this straight. We're going to straighten it out. We're going to go back to the Lord. We're not going to keep serving Diana. We're going to get rid of all these things. We're going to make sure that we go back to our first love. If somebody today, if you today, if anyone today is worshiping anything or anybody, objects, things, subjects, people like these Ephesians had done here in the book of Revelation, described in the book of Acts, we would ask you to leave those gods, leave those false falsifying things, leave those heretical things, leave those ungodly things, leave those situations where you are worshiping even yourself, you're worshiping people, you're worshiping objects, leave all of that, ladies and gentlemen, and come back to Jesus Christ. You believe Jesus Christ is the son of God? You're willing to believe and you're willing to make up your mind to change for him? Are you willing to acknowledge him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings? And we'll baptize you wherever you are because baptism makes the Lord your Lord and your Christ. That's the invitation. And if you want to come to Jesus Christ, wherever you are, call us, write us, send us an email. We'll do whatever we can to help you to get to Jesus Christ. This has been the Chowchilla Church of Christ podcast. And you may call us at 559-223-1973. You can email us at Christ at gmail.com. Also, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the area on Sunday, we have Sunday school at nine o'clock for all ages, worship at 10 o'clock. And this coming Wednesday in this week, we have our Bible study for all ages. With that being said, we thank you for listening and we're going to close out in prayer. Father, again, we thank you for the book of Revelation. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this occasion. We thank you that we had some study that we can learn more how to become stronger, how to fight against the devil and all his cohorts, how to resist evil, and how to tear down false teaching. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.